Dictionary.org podcast coming your way, episode 468. Steve Schmee and Ricky V. Rock. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So for this compound episode, we're going to kind of talk about some funny stories, uh, some interesting stories that have been coming out, current events. Um, we're going to avoid politics, religion, all these negative topics. We're just going to be a lighthearted episode. Um, and all these, all these stories tie into science in some way, tie into, may tie into nutrition. There's one, one or two that tie into nutrition. We're going to kind of talk about that. And the first one we're going to talk about is a story that came out with a woman who had jumped from Carnival cruise ship after being detained by security. So it was on the Carnival Valor cruise ship, and she jumped from the ship's balcony into the Gulf of Mexico after being detained by security officers following a disturbance with another passenger. So she was really like drunk. Um, it happened back on February 16. It was in route to New Orleans from Cozumel, Mexico. And they got it on cell phone. There was a woman, 32 years old, and she basically was restrained by three officers in the ship's pool area. And she was yelling and screaming and everything. And they escorted her away with her hands behind her back. And what happened next in the video, they didn't show her jumping, but apparently the next part of the video was um, male uh, passenger was saying that buoys had been thrown out in an attempt to rescue the woman and the ship was turning around. So she, she jumped overboard. I guess she was so pissed off at something. And um, it was, there was an altercation going on in the hot tub area at 2.30 PM and security tried to calm her down, but she was the belligerent and she just really was having a really bad day. And, I guess she just decided to just jump over and um, really, really crazy story. And um, for someone to just get really bad. But when you basically, you know, tie uh, alcohol to the situation and, and just someone having a really bad day and, you know, it's, you know, sometimes people do crazy shit, you know? So Rick, what's your thoughts on this story? So she's still missing, huh? Nobody's found her yet. Uh, blah blah blah. I mean, yeah, apparently she's she's gone, buddy. I mean, that's you jump off a ship like that into the water, you're not going to. So she hasn't even washed gone. up or anything. It's kind of you know, it's kind of weird, man. Um, the it says it says Coast Guard suspends search for woman who jumped from cruise ship. So she's long gone, buddy. Uh, you know, you know, you know what's you know what's crazy about about reading a story like that i know it's funny in my car what i'm about to say but uh you know how many dudes try to kill their wives and um it's happened you know when, when someone dies and they're married the first suspect is always the significant other and when i see things like this i wonder i wonder if some oh but it's happened tons of times yeah there's been couples you know that one one has disappeared off the ship. Actually, I read something, and it was a Dateline NBC story about cruise ships. It's a perfect place if you're a killer, if you're a murderer, if you're a rapist. I mean, it's a perfect place, man, because there's so many people, and there's like no, not enough security for a whole ship. So you can kill someone and just throw them overboard, and they'll never find the body. 
it's crazy because I there's a, a documentary on Netflix right now about this dude that went and killed his wife and his kids and all. Just oh, I mean, crazy stuff, crazy, insane. He thought, I guess he thought he was gonna get away with it, but I mean, he got he got caught. And then I think about how many couples go to these vacations and, you know, two leave, only one comes back. <laughs> I wonder how many guys were. I mean, it's fucking dangerous already. Like, even if you had to swim off this fucking thing, like Titanic, we all saw what happened to Leo, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, like you, you might have to swim off this fucking thing. So like since me- 2000, I have the stats from Market Watch. Since 2000, 400 people have been lost overboard on cruise ships. Another 49 have disappeared. It's murder. It's- yeah, I, I personally, buddy, I don't know about you. I want to hear your opinion on this. I've been on cruise ships before i will never go on a cruise ship again for for many many reasons but to me putting a bunch of people in close enclosure and the tiny ass bathrooms and the tiny ass beds and the tiny ass rooms it's claustrophobic and but that's not even it's not even claustrophobia it's the fucking shit, the fucking bugs and diseases and viruses that get spread around on these cruise ships and the fucking dirtiness of the cruise ships. I mean, it's fucking, you're shitting in a fucking nasty ass toilet. It's just, ah, it's just for someone like me who's like OCD as fuck. Like, I will never go on a cruise ship. I've been on many cruise ships, by the way, before in my life. So, you know, been there, done that. But if I'm going to go on a cruise like this, I'm going to rent my own private, you know, small yacht or something okay and go on that if i wanted to go on a cruise but i'm not going on a cruise with hundreds or thousands of people on one fucking ship you know and it's not you know it's not something i like freedom if i'm gonna go on vacation i want freedom i want to be able to fly somewhere or drive somewhere and do whatever the fuck i want to do i don't want to be at the mercy of a cruise ship to you know provide me the entertainment so i don't know you've been on a cruise ship no, never. I, I try to stay the fuck off of ships as much as I can. Since um, since I was a baby, you know, in the in the bathtub, to as an adult at the beach, you know, water's my kryptonite. Water's been trying to get me. Poseidon has been trying to take me. The closest that I've ever been to maybe dying has been water related. It's just a funny relationship. So I stay the fuck away from ships as much as I can. I'm not afraid of them. Like I've been on a, on a ship here and there, but I just, it cruises for days and days on end or any of that stuff. I just, I just don't, I, I try not to live. I try not to let water, ocean going ships, pools have to involve a large part of my lifestyle. And, you know, I do jacuzzi pools here and there. I like snorkeling. When I go to a nice location, I'm, I'm thinking about actually doing some scuba. Um, but I'm very respectful of water and, and cruise ships is just something I don't do, bro. I don't I think, you know. Water's my kryptonite because has been trying to get me. And I think if I if I go before my time, it'll it'll be related to to water and drowning or some shit like that, because it's been a lot of close calls, bro. It's funny, but there have been. In my lifetime, probably about a half a dozen close calls in the water, which shit's kind of been like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might have to say goodbye. And um, so I just, I don't do any of that stuff. I don't do, I've swim? never been a cruise ship. 
Oh, I, I've so I, I face my fears. I fucking I'm incredible swimmer. I hold my breath underwater. Good in you know on a jet ski. I mean I've I do all these you know I, I try to face it head on, but I know it's it's been I've had some close calls. Like it's been shit that's happened to me throughout since I was a, a young baby until you know recently. Um, and I just I just keep I just I'm just careful, bro. Just be real careful, bro. With the water always. But I go. I just know, like, you know, don't sleep on it. Don't I, I I'm actually one of those people that after like I'll go and I'll swim fasted, but after I eat, I stay the fuck out of the water. Like I'm really afraid of cramping up in the water. I'm really like I'm I, I'm very careful, very, very careful. So let me give you some science on this. Muscular people, I'm surprised you say you're a good swimmer. I used to be a really good swimmer back when I was younger, but once I started putting on muscle. I would sink like a rock. So here, here's the science. I will, we want to present you some science based on this story. Muscular people have a harder time floating in the water because muscle is denser than water. Simple as that. Muscle has a density value of 1.1 grams per milliliter, whereas water has a density value of 1.0 grams per milliliter. So the more muscle you're going to have, the denser your body composition, and the more negative buoyant you're going to be. So if you're in Leonardo DiCaprio situation on the Titanic, and you're muscular, you're probably not going to um, be able to float. So that's how it goes. You know, that's well, how it goes. There, there's, there are a couple of things to it. So check it out. So if you're in a pool and fresh water in a river, I'm very careful, very cautious in pools and, and rivers. You know, you got to have a swim buddy, all that stuff. Uh, once you get into the ocean, the rules change because the salt in the water make, makes you more buoyant. I have a very, very easy time staying buoyant in the ocean. And like, here's a quick trick. If you like pop, pop your belly out, like you're, like you're trying to take a before uh, picture and you push your belly out, you're still the same weight, but you've just made the surface area on your body larger. It's a lot easier to actually float on, on salt water. If you pop your belly out, as fun as that sounds, than being in a pool or anywhere where the, where you got fresh water. Um, so I, I'm very conscious that what you're saying is absolutely right. Fresh water, I sink like a fucking rock. So pools you stay where you can kind of tiptoe your way around. If I do swim in a pool, it's, it's very controlled. There's other people around. And it's something I'm very aware of. So next one we're going to talk about, next funny story. That one wasn't, wasn't so much funny, but the rest of them are, are very lighthearted. It sucks that someone, you know, had a relative uh, leave, but. Um, so that kind of sucks. So it was a little, it was a little of a shocking story, but this one is more kind of funny. It says an air Asia flight was diverted after passengers spotted a snake on their plane. And there's a picture of it. And basically it was above, you know, where like the luggage is and there's like an overhead light above that. Right. And in, they could see the snake, the shadow of the snake slithering by. So they had to actually, uh, it was a very long snake. And it was going from the Malaysian capital city of Kuala Lumpur to Tawau. And it had to make an emergency landing in Kuching. And um, I read through this. It doesn't seem like they quite know where the heck the snake came from. But it was a really interesting story. I've actually seen a show before about people who travel to other countries and uh, they catch snakes 
and then they bring them back to sell them. And that's called snake smuggling or, or you know, you know, uh, exotic animal smuggling. And in those situations, what they'll do is they'll hide the snake in their luggage and then they'll check in their luggage and then the luggage will be in, you know, in the baggage area. So it's possible the snake could have found like a little hole in the luggage and kind of slithered its way out and then was slithering around the plane. So I don't know, Rick, um, if you're scared of snakes too, is snakes something you're scared of? I'm not scared of any critters, I'm not scared of any animals at all. So what would you have done if you looked up above your seat into the light and you saw a snake slithering by would you would you scream would you have been like stewardess there's a snake well first thing i would have done is i would have found something to cover my bare skin because i don't know if this thing's fucking poisonous or not right so i probably would have would have if i seen it probably start screaming and freaking out it's not going to do anything i'll first get secure somehow either slide my way out of the seat i'll be real quiet <laughs> see the pillow, see the, see what I can do. You know, if it's kind of falling over me, I try to grab the, the complimentary pillow or something or my sweater or my hat, my New York uh, Yankees hat, and I'll try to keep it away from me. I'll slide out of that, that seat. Then I'll, I'll get up and then I'll may probably warn other people around me and stuff, but I, I wouldn't freak out. I, I really cool head in a situation like that. It's, it's what you said. It's smuggling of some of these species. I mean, I don't, I couldn't think of any other way a snake could have, could have gotten on a plane other than a smuggling run. There's a you, chance too, that, you know, the snake could have got into their luggage just by chance, you know, when they're in their house or whatever. And then they went on the plane and could it, be, it, it could be, could that's be. happened before too. So I could have looked into this is that's, that's happened too. So there's different situations where uh, the snake could end up, on the plane you know so, the, the, depending on the airport the snake would have had a long uh slithering across uh asphalt and concrete to try to get to an hangar where the plate where the plane might have been serviced to, to get there that way somehow so i, I yeah i don't I, I think most likely to not it was somebody trying to smuggle a, a rare species or trying to smuggle it for money it's a big thing and snakes especially some snakes uh People in certain parts of the world thing have medicinal properties. And so I could definitely see that, see that happen. That's a crazy story, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, at all, people smuggle all kinds of really weird, crazy things uh, across borders that are not allowed. The, the, the kind of things that get smuggled across borders is so broad. We couldn't even begin to even to make a, even a realistic list of everything that's smuggled. I mean, off the top of my head, everything from fossils to precious uh, gems to, to animals to chemical agents are smuggled across borders every day by people. So, I mean, it's, as, as, <laughs> I would definitely agree. It's probably uh, somebody smuggling um, snakes. 
There was a there was a movie Snakes on a Plane with uh, Samuel Jackson a, a while back ago, weren't there? I don't think I ever. Saw I'm it. so fucking sick of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. That was like the only good part of that movie. I never saw it. And yeah. I, saw it. I, like, I like I like Samuel Jackson movies, but that wasn't one I was drawn to. <laughs> All right, so the next one we're gonna talk about. This is an interesting one, and this ties into fitness. The mystery of the mummified Twinkie. So this is a story of a box of Twinkies left alone for eight years. And this guy had a sugar craving and he was bored. So he opened the box up. And he thought that the Twinkies would basically be immortal forever. Although the shelf life is listed as 45 days. So he removed Twinkie from the box, unwrapped it. It looked fine and took a bite. Then he retched. And uh, so here, here's what happened in this one. Uh, basically, the Twinkie basically became basically mummified. So what happened was mold got into it and there was fungus. So basically, the guy had consumed this moldy fungus stuff. So... And he ended up throwing up. So that kind of flies in the face of Twinkies being, you know, forever thing. So that kind of gets rid of that myth. So, you know, what this teaches you is, look, even though Twinkies are heavily processed, there's still going to be a chance that fungus or mold got into, into it. This is what I'm guessing happened here. When they were producing it, maybe like a speck got into it, right? So over this many years, that mold and kind of grew and grew and grew very, very slowly onto the into the Twinkie. So, you know, that's what that's what in, ended up happening. Um, and, um, and it says here that fungi or fungi, however we want to pronounce it, kills instinct insects and dries them out in a similar way. So this is kind of what the fungi did here. It dried out the Twinkie in a really, really weird way and made it made it uh, mummified. So I thought that was interesting. Um, that was a kind of an interesting story, Rick, to to kind of get into. But you know, the lesson from this is don't eat things that have been, you know, stored for for many, many, many years like that. Um, if I'm sure if this guy would have ate the Twinkie and not thrown it up, I'm sure he would have possibly gotten into some major health ramifications, could have could have poisoned himself uh, with this fungi. So what are your thoughts on this one? That's that's an interesting uh, story. I mean, I don't I don't know what I could add or, or what kind of opinion I, I'd have on that. That's a that's a very interesting story. I will add. An additional interesting story, um, back in uh, 2019, uh, there were a, a handful of uh, guests that gathered at the home of a paleontologist. The guy's name was Dale uh, Guthrie. And he cooked for them a stew made of the neck meat of an ancient, recently discovered bison that the scientists think is about 50,000 years old. So this, this bison was frozen, frozen for about 50,000 years. And uh, 
it was recovered, still frozen by paleontologists and, you know, people dug, dug it up. Uh, they, they found it in Alaska, apparently. And then the guy cooked it for all of his, uh, for all of his guests. Uh, if you guys want to look this one up on Google, go to a dinner party that served up 50,000 year old bison stew. It's the, it's the, the, the long tail, uh, search for it so you can find it. But yeah, Guthrie is the guy, uh, with his team, um, uh, and they basically, uh, they found it. They found it, this bison and ate it that been frozen for uh, something like 50,000 years. What, what do you think about that, Steve? That is pretty interesting, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of these things where it's amazing the type of things that people will eat. You know, um, it's so hard to get an animal to eat things that they don't want to eat. Like if you have a dog or cat at home and you put something in front of them, you know, um, that they're not interested in they're they're like, ah, I don't want it. But humans will find an excuse to eat just about anything. So we have very interesting stomachs and that's why you see so many people throw up, you know, from eating food every day, people go to restaurants and throw up and get food poisoning. Well, that's, that's why, because they're eating good, you know, God knows what, probably just from feces from the people cooking the food in the restaurants. So how much feces do you think that we eat every year? How much, how much, you know, it's, it just boggles the mind. If you're not cooking, your are, are you, food, how much, how much feces do we eat? Are you asking uh, uh, figuratively or literally? No, I literally, Okay. Like, I mean, Literal if you eat shit. out a lot, you probably eat a lot. Like, you know, you think those guys, they, they wash their hands after taking a dump, you know, they probably wipe their ass and then go cook the food. They don't wash their hands thoroughly. So it's no telling how much, again, that's my OCD coming back, coming back to, to you. Well, you know, at some point your mom might've changed your diaper and fed you your bottle without washing her hands. And you might've gotten a little bit of your own shit on you too. It's just, <laughs> I guess it's uh, as long as it, as long as we're being microdosed with shit, we might actually uh, build up a tolerance to some of these uh, pathogens that are housed in feces. And I think it kind of happens, bro. I mean, in our food, at restaurants, even in food that you have at your house, there's microscopic feces from other organisms, sometimes uh, fucking ants, roaches, mites, whatever you might have in your home that are actually in your food, like on a daily basis. And you just don't, just don't know. I mean, it's, it's a, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's probably part of what uh, helps our, our uh, white blood cells, our uh, immune system exercise a little bit is having a little bit of, uh, of infection from pathogens every day, a little, little microdose of it. Don't you think? I'll take your word on that. All right, so the last one we're going to talk about, this is a very, very interesting one. And this is kind of like from Moby Dick. A lobster diver in Cape Cod, which is close to where you're at, says a humpback whale scooped him up and spat him out. So speaking of eating disgusting things, a human being is probably the most disgusting animal out there. And that's why you see these stories of animals eating us and then spitting us out. So... I don't know if you heard about this one, Rick. So a commercial lobster diver saying, says that what happened was he was off the coast of Massachusetts and this was witnessed by other people. 
and he was diving for lobsters and he was about 40 foot, 45 feet down in the water when he suddenly felt this huge bump and everything went dark. He initially feared he had been attacked by a shark. Then he felt around and he realized there was no teeth and no great pain. <clears throat> so then he realized, oh, my God, I'm in a whale's mouth and he's trying to swallow me. <laughs> so. You know, he didn't think he would make it out alive. He thought, I'm just I'm going to get eaten by a fucking whale here. And he thought of his family and his kids and his wife. So after about a minute, half a minute to a minute, the whale rose to the water's surface and began shaking its head from side to side. And he got thrown up in the air and landed back into the water. And he was free and he just floated there. So for whatever reason, the whale accidentally swallowed him. It was probably going after a bunch of uh, small fish or plankton or whatever the hell they eat. And it probably accidentally swallowed him. And once it figured out, hey, I have a dirty ass human in my mouth that has all the scuba equipment, it decided, hey, I'm going to I'm going to spit this human out. So very, very interesting story. Makes you wonder how many people over the course of time who have been in the water have actually gotten eaten by a whale like this just by just by mistake. So I thought it was a very fascinating story. And, and really, it would have been hard to believe, except there were witnesses on, on the boat who actually saw this. So what were your thoughts on this one? Oh, I, I, there's a, a viral video that went viral about uh, about almost 10 years ago. Um, you can find that on YouTube, Whale Almost Eats Diver. And there's a, a like a boat and some guys uh, underwater, divers. They look like divers. They have tanks. They're kind of surfacing. And then the water starts stirring around them. Fish start jumping around. And then just a couple of feet from the guy, a whale takes a big gulp of these of these fish. Uh, you know, the whale was coming in from the bottom and I guess didn't even realize the diver was there. I mean, it was only a couple of feet from the guy. So I could see how that that could happen. Uh, one of these huge animals could swallow you. Uh, there's that story of Jonah and the whale that uh, got sent to save Jonah from drowning. And uh, Jonah spent a couple of nights in the three nights, right? Something like that in, in the whale's stomach. So I could, it's, it's, I'm sure it's something that's happened. I'm sure um, humans have probably been, been chewed, you know, taken in by whales at some point, one time or another. Um, what do you think would have happened if the whale had actually swallowed him where he was in the whale's stomach? What would have happened to him? That's a good question. Um, as far as I know, as far as I can tell, just a little bit that I know, whales aren't nasty eaters like sharks, like sharks are. You know, whales, if they took something in that they shouldn't have taken in, they'll 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 throw it up. I think whale vomit is one of the one one of the most expensive things in the in the world or is it whale shit or both but there's like one of the more expensive uh, things you could find is whale vomit no whales will vomit shit out that 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 they can't swallow you know you could you could find tin cans and license plates inside of a shark's stomach and no problem but when it comes to whales they're pretty uh they're pretty picky so it it, it had to let it out you know if you we what we know about whales it had to push the diver out it wouldn't have 
it wouldn't have just kept that it, it wouldn't have been able to, to process it properly. Mm, interesting. So you're saying that it would have never swallowed him in the first place? Oh, well, once the whale swallows something, it can't process it. It would have thrown him back up. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, he would have survived up. it. If he if he had scuba, if he had gear to, to give him oxygen while that process happened, even if it took a few minutes, um, he would have probably been all right. You know, he would have been mm. all right. If he if he had gas, if he had a, the gas tanks with him and and, you know, and he he could he could have been he could have survived in the well stomach as long as he had oxygen. I mean, the, the, the whale doesn't have teeth. It's got hairs. Baleen, I think is what the hairs are called. So it, 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 the, the whale didn't have a real mechanical way of ending his life. You know, I mean, unless he was, he had no more air, there was no other way for the whale to, to kill him. You know, it's a, it's a, the whale doesn't have teeth. It had to try to try to, you know, you know what I mean? So the only thing the whale could have done is swallowed him. It ended up in his whale digestive tract. And whales don't usually are able to keep things down that they can't swallow. At least when whales wash up on shore and when they were used to be slaughtered by, by whale fishermen, there were never reports of weird things really be, being found in whale stomach. Like like shark fishermen report, just finding all kinds of eyeball bullshit in, in sharks' stomachs. All right, excellent. So, any whale experts out there? I know there's some of you. Call listening. me out on my shit. Any whale experts? You know, I, yeah. I, we did the. I, no, I was the I was kind of getting at though. I was getting at Rake. Like, if if you know, you got swallowed by a, a large creature like that, if they, their stomach bile or stomach acid would would kill you, you know, in there. And that's that's you, what I was I getting. Think you at. run out. Of, I think you run out of air and die first. Obviously, look if you were if you were submerged in like lemon juice long enough your body will break down like like eventually even the slightest acid eventually over time will break you down but you would die first from not having oxygen than you would from the from the acid eating through your skin eating through your muscle and and getting to your vital organs or or or, or getting to your veins and bleeding you out somehow um before all that happened with acid, you die from just being from not being able to breathe. Interesting. So your your, your, air, ta yeah. your air tank, even if your air tank, it might take it might take the stomach acid in a whale, let's say a couple of days to finally kill you, but you'd run out of air within minutes of being in there. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. This is that's an interesting one to kind of think of. Yeah. That would be a hell of a way to die, though, to get eaten by a whale. That'd be fucked up. That'd be real fucked yeah. up. Well, speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio um, in The Revenant, he got tore up by uh, by a bear pretty bad. That's that's pretty yep, by a bear. Way. You yeah. know, that's based on a on a true story. There was there was a guy like that that actually existed. Yes, yes, of course. At the end of the real story, he couldn't kill the guy that left them behind. And I think in the real story, his son wasn't killed or anything. He was just he was no. Just in the real behind. story, in the real story, actually, the natives, uh, different native tribe, actually killed him. In in the true story, so they yeah. Well, in the, in the true story, he caught up with the guy that abandoned him, but the guy had joined the army, so he couldn't kill the guy without 
being, you know, thrown in jail, having issues with the army. And then he went on a different Indian tribe, killed him later on afterwards. But in the real story, he was just left behind. No kid was involved. No kid was killed. And he caught up with the guy, but he had already joined the army at that point. They couldn't do anything to him. Native, buddy, not, not Indian. Indians are from India. Native, you should know that because being from South America, you should know natives. The Spaniards came and killed the natives. Listen, listen, listen. JC said, I asked her what tribe she was with, red dot or feather. And all she said, and all and she said, all you need to know is that I'm not a hoe. And to get with me, you need to be chief lots of dough. That's a good, that's a good run. That's a good run. Yeah, that's from that song, Girl, Girls, Girls, Girls by uh JC. That's a good, it's a good run. I remember JC. That was a, back in your day. <laughs> back in my days, right. All right, guys and gals, listen, um, we hope you enjoyed this. We hope, we hope you learned a little bit about science. I know I did. And, um, you know, look, any whale experts out there, we'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know what you think in the comments. And if you have some cool stories, we'd love to hear some of your stories. Once we uh, publish this podcast, come on and uh, tell us some, some weird shit, a lot of weird shit um, that happens out there in the world on a daily basis so hope you guys enjoyed this one we'll talk to you next week with another episode take care have a good one steve have a good one guys <laughs>